Shalom, and welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean, your host. Website is www.scriptureandprophecy.com. Well, we are resuming our study, uh, the Torah portion, weekly Torah portion, and so far we've managed to stay with it uh, this year. Uh, so I'm very happy about that, that uh, we've been able to maintain the pace and, and to keep it up. Um, and so today's portion is called Bayira, which means, and I appeared. And the title comes from the first word of the second verse of the reading, which says, And I appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as God Almighty. That's Exodus chapter 6, verse 3. The portion begins with four expressions of redemption, whereby God promises to bring Israel out of Egypt's bondage. And the narrative progresses to tell the story of the first seven of ten plagues that God unleashed on Egypt. And so it's chapter 6, starting with verse 2, through all the way through chapter 9. So three three whole chapters we're going to be looking at today. Let's begin, and then we're going to stop immediately, uh, because there's something I want to talk about uh, that I was going to avoid talking about, but then I just feel like I, uh, it's just, I feel like I just have to, so you'll have to indulge me for two or three minutes here. Um, but I just want to point something out that I've that I've seen some people make some grave errors about. Let's go ahead and start. We're going to read uh, two verses here before I start and talk. Before I take two minutes to talk about something, and then we'll move on. So the portions that we're reading from the King James Bible. And the portion starts with chapter six, verse two. And God spake unto Moses and said, I am the Lord. And I appeared unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob, by the name of God Almighty. But by my name, Jehovah, was I not known to them. First thing I want to point out is that the King James Bible is one of the few English Bibles that actually puts the, the, the name of God in there. And the King James translators believed that it was Jehovah, and and I tend to lean in that direction too. Some people think it's Yahuwah, and I have no qualms or issues with that. Um, the truth is, is we don't know for sure. As much as as confident as people may think they are, uh, we don't know for sure. I happen to think that the manuscript evidence points towards Yehovah, but it could be Yahuwah. Who knows? But the King James translators thought it was Yehovah. And it's in the King James Bible several times. And one thing that the King James Bible does is it'll capitalize the word Lord uh, whenever the name of God is supposed to be there to signify that that's the case. And But occasionally there's places in the Bible like this where it's literally written out. And of course it's spelled with a J, not a Y, but uh, nonetheless. The issue that I want to point out and it said, and it's not with the Bible, it's with some false teachings online. Verse 3 says, And I appeared unto Abraham, unto Isaac, unto Jacob by the name of God Almighty, which is Elohim Shaddai. But by my name, Yehovah, was I not known to them. Now, I saw a YouTube channel and I was, I was watching their video series on the name of God to see if I could figure out why they thought the name was Yahuwah. And then I noticed them going off about this passage and being completely 
uh, wrong in what they were teaching. And this is a this is a channel that has way more followers than I do. Um, I don't remember the exact number, but what I want to say they this person has over a hundred thousand subscribers. And what they what he was doing is he was going off about this passage and saying that. In the Bible, it doesn't really say that by my name Jehovah I was not known to them. He was saying it actually says that I was known to them. And he was going to Blue Letter Bible and going to the Strongs and saying, see, it's not in there. And unfortunately, uh, in his ignorance, he doesn't understand that it's the Strong's, especially in Blue Letter, Blue Letter Bible, is, is only showing you root words. It's not showing you the actual text. Because when you go to the Hebrew Bible, and he was saying the word lo, which is lamed aleph, which means no or not. It's not in the text. It's not in the text. The King James translators and all these, they've added this. It actually is in the text. Uh, but you have to be able to pick up an actual Hebrew Bible and look at the actual Hebrew sentences and read them in order to see it. If you're just going to Strong's Concordance or Blue Letter Bible, sometimes you don't see always see it. Although, interestingly enough, even on the Blue Letter Bible, if you go to the verse, and I know I'm speaking on an audio podcast, but even at the at, on the Blue Letter Bible where it's breaking down all the concordances, at the top it shows the sentence, and you can clearly see the word low, which means no or not, and so it absolutely does say in the original text that by the name Jehovah, I was not known to them. But here he is in, in this video going out to 30, 40,000 people, I don't know. And leading them astray and, and creating this uh, unfair and incorrect view of the Bible and causing people to lack trust towards the scriptures. And I see this all the time within the Hebrew Roots movement. Um, it's, it, I see it happening often. And I, would, and I used to follow many of the most well-known in the Hebrew Roots. And let me just tell you, several years ago, I decided to start studying Hebrew because I wanted to know what these people knew. And what I discovered is that after four or five years of studying Hebrew that these people don't actually know anything about Hebrew, most of them. Um, I learned that most of them are making accusations that aren't true if you go to the actual text. And it just, what many of them are doing is just simply going to Strong Concordance or they're using a uh, Sacred Names Bible and here they are demanding that we speak Hebrew when we naturally speak English and making accusations about the text that aren't true and creating people creating a, a distrust towards the King James Bible as an example and it's just not right so my whole point in this two three minute rant is simply to say this be careful about some of these teachers especially when they're telling you that you know the 50 scholars who were fluent in English, I mean, I'm sorry, fluent in, well, they were fluent in English, but fluent in Hebrew, fluent in Greek, as in they could read it and speak it, who came together and translated the King James Bible. When they start acting like they knew more than them, yet they can't even find a two-letter word in the text, be careful of those kind of people. I'm not saying their motives are wrong or anything like this. I'm just saying there's, 
they're teaching beyond their limits. So for whatever that's worth, and I'm sure I'll get nasty comments about it, even though what I'm saying is absolutely true. All right, let's begin the portion. Let me start over by reading that verse and not a lot of commentary moving forward. We're just going to read about these seven plagues that God pours out upon Egypt. Starting over verse two. And God spake unto Moses and said unto him, I am the Lord. And I appeared unto Abraham, unto Isaac, unto Jacob, and by my name, by the name of God Almighty, but by my name, Jehovah, was I not known to them. And I have also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land of their pilgrimage, wherein they were strangers. And I have also heard the groaning of the children of Israel, whom the Egyptians keep in bondage, and I have remembered my covenant. Wherefore say unto the children of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will rid you out of their bondage, and I will redeem you with a stretched out arm and with great judgments. And I will take you to me for a people, and I will be to you a God. And ye shall know that I am the Lord your God, which bringeth you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And I will bring you into the land concerning which I, had which I did swear to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And I will give it to you for an inheritance. I am the Lord. And Moses spake unto the children of Israel. But they hearkened not unto Moses for anguish of spirit and for cruel bondage. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Go in, speak unto Pharaoh, king of Egypt, that he might let the children of Israel go out of, his, out of his land. And Moses spake before the Lord, saying, Behold, the children of Israel have not hearkened unto me. How then shall Pharaoh hear me, who am of uncircumcised lips? And the Lord spake unto Moses and said unto Aaron, I gave them a charge unto the children of Israel and unto Pharaoh king of Egypt to bring the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. These will be the heads of their fathers' houses, the sons of Reuben, the firstborn of Israel. Hanak and Palu, Hezron and Carmi, these will be the families of Reuben and the sons of Simeon, Jumiel and Jamin and Ohad and Yachin and Zohar and Shaul, the sons of the Canaanitish women. Woman, these are the families of Simeon. And these are the names of sons of Levi according to their generations, Gershon and Gohath. And Merari, and the years of the life of Levi were a hundred, thirty, and seven years. The sons of Gershon, Libni, and Shimmi, according to their families, and the sons of Kohath, Amram, and Ishar, and Hebron, and Uziel, and the years of the life of Kohath were a hundred and thirty and three years. And the sons of Merari, Mahali, and Mushi, these are the families of Levi according to their generations. And Amram took him Jochebed, his father's sister, to wife. And she bare him Aaron and Moses, and the years of life of Amram were a hundred and thirty and seven years. And the sons of Izhar, Korah, and Zepheg, and Zikri, and the sons of Uzili, Mushael, and Elazaphon, and Zithri. And Aaron took him Elishba, daughter of Animadad sister of Nashon to wife, and she bare him Nadab, and Abihu, Elizar, and Ithkmar. 
and the sons of Korah, Asir, and Elkanah, and Abishaph, these are the families of the Korahites. And Eleazar, Aaron's son, took him one of the daughters of Putiel to wife, and she bare him Phinehas. These are the heads of the fathers of the Levites according to their families. These are the Aaron and Moses to whom the Lord said, Bring out the children of Israel from the land of Egypt according to their armies. These are they which spake to Pharaoh the king of Egypt to bring out the children of Israel from Egypt. These are that Moses and Aaron. And it came to pass on the day when the Lord spake unto Moses in the land of Egypt, that the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, I am the Lord, speak thou unto Pharaoh king of Egypt, all that I say unto thee. And Moses said before the Lord, Behold, I am of uncircumcised lips. How shall Pharaoh hearken unto me? Chapter 7 And the Lord said unto Moses, See, I have made thee a god to Pharaoh, and Aaron thy brother shall be thy prophet. Thou shalt speak all that I command thee, and Aaron thy brother shall speak unto Pharaoh, and that he send the children of Israel out of his land. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart to multiply my signs and my wonders in the land of Egypt. But Pharaoh shall not hearken unto you, that I may lay my hand upon Egypt and bring forth mine armies and my people, the children of Israel, out of the land of Egypt by great judgments. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I stretch forth my hand upon Egypt and bring out the children of Israel from among them. And Moses and Aaron did as the Lord commanded them, so did they. And Moses was fourscore years old, and Aaron fourscore and three years old, when they spake unto Pharaoh. And the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, and saying, When Pharaoh shall speak unto you, saying, Show a miracle for you, then thou shalt say unto Aaron, Take thy rod, and cast it before Pharaoh, and it shall become a serpent. And Moses and Aaron went unto Pharaoh, and they did as so the Lord had commanded. And Aaron cast down his rod before Pharaoh and before his servants, and it became a serpent. Then Pharaoh also called the wise men and the sorcerers. Now the magicians of Egypt, they did. They also did in like manner with their enchantments, for they cast down every man his rod, and they became serpents. But Aaron's rod swallowed up their rods, and he hardened Pharaoh's heart, that he hearkened not unto them as the Lord had said." Let's pause for a second and just acknowledge something. You know, the book, the Bible warns us to stay away from sorcerers and from seers and stuff like that. And the reason is because some of that stuff actually exists. And it's hard for our wrap our minds around, but uh, let's just say those in high places, high places of authority, they believe very much in witchcraft and in and, uh, things of this nature. And here we have these magicians. And they come in and they mimic. They mimic the rod turning into a serpent. That's quite the enchantment. I mean, so much so that Aaron's rod has to go and swallow up theirs, right? It's just something to think about. There's a reason why we're warned to stay away from this stuff. There's a reason why you see um, people in authority and rich and famous practicing all these weird things with... Uh, the rituals and things they do is because it's real. It actually exists. Otherwise, the Bible wouldn't warn you about it. And we wouldn't see stories like this where the magicians of Egypt uh, mimic the rod turning into 
a snake. Interesting. Verse 14. And the Lord said unto Moses, Pharaoh's heart is hardened. He refuses to let the people go. Get thee unto Pharaoh in the morning. Lo, he goeth out unto the water, and thou shalt stand by the river's brink against he come. And the rod which is turned into a serpent shall thou take in thy hand. And thou shalt say unto him, The Lord God of the Hebrews has sent me unto thee, saying, Let my people go, that they may serve me in the wilderness. And behold, hitherto thou wouldest not hear. Thus saith the Lord, In this thou shalt know that I am the Lord. Behold, I will smite with the rod that is in my hand upon the waters which are the river, and they shall be turned to blood. And the fish that is in the river shall die, and the river shall stink, and the Egyptians shall loathe to drink of the water of the river. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying unto Aaron, Take thy rod, and stretch out thy hand upon the water of Egypt, upon their streams, upon their rivers, and upon their ponds, and upon all the pools of water, that they may become blood. And that there may be blood throughout all the land of Egypt, both in the vessels of wood and in the vessels of stone. And Moses and Aaron did so, as the Lord commanded. And he lifted up the rod and smote the water that there were in the river in the sight of Pharaoh and in the sight of his servants. And all the waters that were in the river were turned to blood. And the fish that was in the river died, and the river stank. And the Egyptians could not drink of the water of the river. And there was blood throughout all the land of Egypt. And the magicians of Egypt did so with their enchantments. And Pharaoh's heart was hardened, neither did he hearken unto them as the Lord had said. And Pharaoh turned and went into his house, neither did he set his heart to this also. And all the Egyptians digged around the river for water to drink, for they could not drink the water of the river. And seven days were fulfilled. After that, the Lord had smitten the river. Chapter 8 And the Lord spake unto Moses, Go unto Pharaoh, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Let my people go, that they may serve me. And if thou refuse to let them go, behold, I will smite all the borders with frogs. And the river shall bring forth frogs abundantly, which shall go up and come unto thine house, and into thy bedchamber, and upon thy bed, and into the house of thy servants, and upon thy people, and into thy ovens, and into thy kneading troughs. And the frogs shall come come up both on thee, and upon thy people, and upon all thy servants. And the Lord spake unto Moses, say, Unto Aaron, stretch forth thy hand with thy rod over the streams, over the rivers, and over the ponds, and cause frogs to come up upon the land of Egypt. And Aaron stretched out his hand over the waters of Egypt and over the frogs, and the frogs came up and covered the land of Egypt. And the magicians did so with their enchantments and brought up frogs upon the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron and said, Entreat the Lord that he may take away the frogs from me and from my people, and I will let the people go that they may do a sacrifice unto the Lord. And Moses said unto Pharaoh, Glory over me, when shall I entreat for thee, and for thy servants, and for thy people, to destroy the frogs from thee and thy houses, that they may remain in the river only? And he said, Tomorrow. And he said, Be it according to thy word, that thou mayest know that there is none like unto the Lord our God. And the frogs shall depart from thee, and from thy houses, and from thy servants, and from thy people. They shall remain in the river only. 
And Moses and Aaron went out from Pharaoh, and Moses cried unto the Lord because of the frogs which he had brought against Pharaoh. And the Lord did according to the word of Moses, and the frogs died out of the houses and out of the villages and out of the fields. And they gathered them together upon heaps, and the land stank. But when Pharaoh saw that there was respite, he hardened his heart and hearkened not unto them as the Lord had said. Let's note that one of the themes here is that the plagues will come. Pharaoh will beg for them to leave, making promises. Uh, okay, okay, I believe you. Uh, you. You can leave. Just please do away with whatever the plague is. And then once the plague is gone, he changes his mind. Ah, okay. Now that the suffering's over, I'm going back to the way I want to go. And he revokes uh, his promise. In like ways, many of us, if we're not careful, can be like Pharaoh. We'll find ourselves in a hard place. We'll be praying to God, making promises to God, asking for help. Then the help comes. The, the issue subsides. And then people go right back into sinful behavior. How many times have you seen that? Or how many times have you yourself done that? Maybe in the past. Or you know some people that they'll pray and they'll pray and then they get the answer and then, they, and then they're just like, oh, I guess it's almost like they think, it's almost like they're only willing to serve God when they need desperate help. But the minute that the help comes, they're ready to go back to their old ways. Pharaoh, you know, he's willing to, he's willing to give in. He's willing to submit to the Lord when the plague is upon him, but as soon as the plague is removed, he goes back on his word. And we'll see that again and again. Verse 16, And the Lord said unto Moses, Say unto Aaron, Stretch out thy rod, and smite the dust of the land, that it may become lice throughout all the land of Egypt. And they did so, for Aaron stretched out his hand with the rod, and smote the dust of the earth, and it became lice in man, and in beast, and all the dust of the land became lice throughout all the land of Egypt. And the magicians did so with their enchantments to bring forth lice, but they could not. So there were lice upon men and upon beast. That's interesting. So they were able to mimic the rod becoming a snake, the water becoming blood, but they could not mimic this one, it says. In verse 18 it says, And the magicians did so with their enchantments to bring forth lice, but they could not. So there were lice upon man and upon beast. Then the magician said unto Pharaoh, This is the finger of God. And the Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he hearkened not unto them as the Lord had said. So even the magicians are like, This this thing that's been done here, we can't mimic it. You know, our magic can't do it. This is clearly the finger of God. But Pharaoh's his heart is hardened. Verse 20. And the Lord said unto Moses, Rise up early in the morning, and stand before Pharaoh. Lo, he cometh forth to the water. And say unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Let my people go, that they may serve me. Else if thou wilt not let my people go, behold, I will send swarms of flies upon thee, and upon thy servants, and upon thy people, and into thy houses. And the houses of the Egyptians shall be full of swarms of flies, and also the ground wherein they are. And I will severe in that day the land of Goshen, in which my people dwell, that no swarms of flies shall be there. To the end thou mayest know 
that I am the Lord in the midst of the earth. And I will put a division between my people and thy people. Tomorrow shall be shall this sign be. I want to stop real quick again to point something out. You know, the scriptures talk about how God knows how to preserve the righteous in his judgments, right? And here we see that this swarm of flies, this plague of flies, is going to hit the land of Egypt, but he is going to separate Goshen, where the Israelites dwell, where the Hebrews dwell. And he's telling Pharaoh, you will see this as a sign. This plague is going to torment you and your people, but I am making a separation between your people and my people, and it will not impact my people. Now, even in the book of Revelation, we see something like this. If we go to Revelation chapter 9, real quick, we have the fifth trumpet and the locust from the bottomless pit. Let's take a look at it. Then the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star falling from heaven to earth. To him was given the key of the bottomless pit. And he opened up the bottomless pit and arose out of the pit like the smoke of a great furnace. Actually, let me change that to King James. That was set on New King James. Let's switch it here. And the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven unto the earth, and it was given to him the key to the bottomless pit. And he opened the bottomless pit, and there arose smoke out of the pit as the smoke of a great furnace. And the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. And there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth, and unto them was given power, as a scorpion of the earth have. And it was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither any green thing, neither any tree, but only those men which have not the seal of God in their forehead. And to them it was given that they should not kill them, but they should, they should be tormented five months. And their torment was as the torment of a scorpion when he striketh a man. And in those days shall men seek death and shall not find it, and shall desire to die, and death shall flee from them. And so what we have is we have these locusts. I've speculated that they're demons or whatever, but the point that I'm making right now is that uh, they don't have permission to harm the peop- you know, God's people who have been marked by God on their forehead. And, that's, and we're not going to talk about what that mark might be or speculate that right now. My, I just want to point out the fact that God knows how to protect and preserve his own during times of judgment. And so we should take great comfort in that knowledge. All right, let's continue our reading here. Uh, we are ready for verse 25. Let's continue on. And Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron, and he said, Go ye, sacrifice to your God in the land. And Moses said, It is not meet so do to, to do, for we shall sacrifice the abomination of the Egyptians to the Lord our God. Lo, shall we sacrifice an abomination of the Egyptians before their eyes? And will they not stone us? We will go three days' journey into the wilderness and sacrifice to the Lord our God, as he shall command us. And Pharaoh said, I will let you go that you may sacrifice to the Lord your God in the wilderness, only you shall not go very far away and treat for me. And Moses said, Behold, I go out from thee, and I will entreat the Lord that the swarm of flies may depart from Pharaoh, from his servants, and from the people tomorrow. But let not Pharaoh deal deceitfully any more in not letting the people go to sacrifice to the Lord. And Moses went out from Pharaoh and entreated the Lord. 
And the Lord did according to the word of Moses, and he removed the swarms of flies from Pharaoh. From his servants and from his people there remained not one. And Pharaoh hardened his heart at this time also, neither would he let the people go. Chapter 9, verse 1. Then the Lord said unto Moses, Go in unto Pharaoh, and tell him, Thus saith the Lord God of the Hebrews, Let my people go, that they may serve me. For if thou refuse to let them go, and wilt hold them still, behold, the hand of the Lord is upon thy cattle which is in the field, upon the horses, upon the asses, upon the camels, upon the oxen, upon the sheep. There shall be very grievous moraine. And the Lord shall sever between the cattle of Israel and the cattle of Egypt, and there shall nothing die of all that is the children of Israel's. And the Lord appointed a set time, saying, Tomorrow the Lord shall do this thing in the land. And the Lord did that thing on the morrow, and all the cattle of Egypt died. But the cattle of the children of Israel did, died not one. And Pharaoh sent, and behold, there was not one of the cattle of the Israelites dead, and the heart of the Pharaoh was hardened, and he did not let the people go. And the Lord said unto Moses and unto Aaron, Take you, take to you handfuls of ashes of the furnace, and let Moses sprinkle it toward the heaven in the sight of Pharaoh. And it shall become small dust in all the land of Egypt, and shall be a boil breaking forth with blains upon man and upon beast throughout all the land of Egypt. And he took ashes of the furnace and stood before Pharaoh, and Moses sprinkled it up towards heaven. And it became a boil, breaking forth with blains upon man and upon beast. And the magicians could not stand before Moses because of the boils, for the boil was upon the magicians and upon all the Egyptians. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, and he hearkened not unto them, as the Lord had spoken unto Moses. And the Lord said unto Moses, Rise up early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God of the Hebrews, Let my people go, that they may serve me. For I will at this time send all my plagues upon thy heart, and upon thy servants, and upon thy people, that thou mayest know that there is none like me in all the earth. For now I will stretch out my hand, that I may smite thee and thy people with pestilence, and thou shalt be cut off from the earth. And in the very deed for this cause have I raised thee up, for to show in thee my power, and that my name may be declared throughout all the earth." Real quick, you know, we wonder, why is God hardening Pharaoh's heart? It's not fair. Or, you know, why go to such straight, such lengths? And he's, and he tells us right here that he, this, this particular Pharaoh was raised up for this very purpose. And you have to remember, God has ordained judgment to the Egyptians for the, what, 400 years of slavery of the Hebrews for their mistreatment. And so, he's hardened his heart, yes, but it's all part of his ordained plan, which was to bring, not only to bring the, uh, the Hebrews out of Egypt and into a land of their own, but also to bring judgment upon Egypt. Verse 17. As yet exalted thou my, thyself against my people, and thou wilt not let them go, behold, tomorrow, about this time, I will cause it to rain a very grievous hail, such as has not been in Egypt since the foundation thereof, even until now. 
Send therefore now and gather thy cattle and all that thou hast in the field, for upon every man and beast which shall be found in the field and shall not be brought home, the hail shall come down upon them, and they shall die. He that feared the word of the Lord among the servants of Pharaoh made his servants and his cattle flee into houses. And he that regarded not the word of the Lord left his servants and his cattle in the field. By the way, I read that, and I'm thinking, what idiots... <laughs> After all these plagues have hit Egypt, the frogs and the flies and the lice and the dead cattle, all that, which one of these people are thinking, nah, I don't believe this is going to come to pass and leave their cattle and their servants out there. But man, that is human nature. We have a very short-term memory. Let's continue on. Verse 22, And the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch forth thy hand toward heaven, that there may be hail in all the land of Egypt upon man, upon beast, and upon every herb of the field throughout the land of Egypt. And Moses stretched forth his rod toward heaven, and the Lord sent thunder and hail, and fire ran along upon the ground. And the Lord rained hail upon the land of Egypt. So there was hail and fire mingled with hail, very grievous, such as there was none like in all the land of Egypt since it became a nation. And the hail smote throughout all the land of Egypt, all that was in the field, both man and beast, and the hail smote every herb of the field and break every tree of the field. Only in the land of Goshen, where the children of Israel were, was there no hail. And Pharaoh sent, and he called for Moses and Aaron and said unto them, I have sinned this time. The Lord is righteous, and I and my people are wicked. Entreat the Lord, for it is enough that there be no more mighty thunderings and hail, and I will let you go, and you shall stay no longer. And Moses said unto him, As soon as I am gone out of the city, I will spread abroad my hands unto the Lord, and the thunder shall cease. Neither shall there be any more hail, that thou mayest know that the earth is the Lord's. But as for thee and thy servants, I know that ye will not fear the Lord God. And the flax and the barley was smitten, for the barley was in the ear, and the flax was bald. But the wheat and the rice were not smitten, for they were not grown up. And Moses went out of the city from Pharaoh and spread abroad his hands unto the Lord and unto the thunders and hail ceased and the rain was not poured upon the earth. And when Pharaoh saw that the rain and the hail and the thunders were ceased, he sinned yet more and hardened his heart, he and his servants. And the heart of Pharaoh was hardened. Neither would he let the children of Israel go as the Lord had spoken by Moses. And that, my friends, is the end of our Parsha for this week. And I pray that it's been a blessing to you and that there's been something that you've heard that's speaking to your heart, that's piercing your heart. Uh, Exodus is one of my favorites. It's one of my favorites, and I think it's a very important book to be studying, especially given the times that we are living in right now. Well, if you're being blessed by this work, and you want to consider supporting it, please go to scriptureandprophecy.com and you can consider becoming a Patreon subscriber. Uh, there's snail mail support and there's also PayPal support. Uh, you know, the support for the podcast has actually been trending down for the last several months, which ironically, uh, the time that, I've, that I'm investing into this work has actually doubled over the last few months, especially with the Torah portion because it requires me to get up even earlier than normal because it's just longer than some of our other readings. And so it seems, and this, and the unfortunate, this is just the unfortunate part of this type of 
being a content creator uh, in a Christian niche, um, you know, sometimes this is just the way it plays out. Uh, you increase your workload, but then what happens many of the times and what has been happening recently is that the uh, negative comments and criticisms have increased and the support has declined, it seems, with the more efforts that I've poured in. Uh, but it, So if anything, I ask that you pray for the podcast and pray for me that God would give me the stamina to be able to continue to do the work. You know, I've been doing this for over five years now, getting up an hour to two hours before I go to my day job to do this work and uh, I don't want you to. I don't want you to think that I'm complaining because it is my great privilege and my great honor to do this. And uh, and I don't, you know, I don't deserve this privilege. I don't deserve this honor. And any support that is that comes from all of you is more than I deserve. Uh, but I'm just making the observation that the last few months things have been trending the other way. And uh, if that's the way it is, that's the way it is. Uh, but if you're willing and able and you're being blessed by this work uh, you can consider supporting it one of the things i've tried to do is increase the incentives for those because i you know i just hate that the you know patreon subscribers as an example who support this month over month and there's and there's not been a lot of benefit for them to do so other than they are supporting the podcast and so patreon subscribers they now get a weekly video that comes saturday morning it's the devotional uh, but it's me giving it to via live video f- format um they also get full access to uh, the biblical hebrew basics for beginners just to help people get started and point them in the right direction for those who want to learn more about the hebrew language um biblical hebrew now there's six videos currently so they get access to all those uh, paypal supporters should now be when they when you support via paypal you should be redirected and also given access to those videos. Um, so there's there's more incentive, I guess, to consider supporting this work. And um, you know, one of the things I hate that I hear other radio stations do is where they where they're pushing guilt or things. I've I've heard that on Christian radio stations and things like that, and I and I don't like that. You know, this is this is something I do out of passion and out of love. I'm not your teacher. I'm not your pastor. I'm not telling you what you should or shouldn't do. I'm just asking that if you're willing to support the podcast, please consider doing that. And your prayers are much coveted right now because I'm trying to take on more with the podcast uh, in addition to writing the devotionals. And I'm writing the devotional book, which I hope will come out in a couple of months. And I certainly need your prayers for that as well. So there you have it. Um, Again, it's my good pleasure to do this. I'm grateful grateful to be able to do it. I'm grateful to live in a part of the world where I'm able to do it. Um, I'm grateful for all of you and all that are willing to support and to pray and to, to give positive feedback. Um, it means, it means a lot to me and it's far more than I deserve. All right. Enough rants for one day. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.